I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. there. I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. I guess I should say good morning. It's good morning because we're going to cook some breakfast things this morning. We're going to cook some scones. This is my favorite scone recipe. I don't make it often because there's a frustrating piece. I have a terrible time with one particular part of this. So the other reason I'm choosing to do this recipe today is because I bought a new toy I have a new tool. The part that's hard for me with these scones and actually with any scones, by the way, they're blueberry scones. So how can we go wrong? The part that's hard for me is that you're supposed to form the finished dough into like a patty, a round disc. And then you're supposed to use a knife while it's on the cookie sheet you're going to bake it on. You're supposed to use a knife to divide it into eight parts and then somehow spread those eight parts away from each other by a half inch each, at least a half inch space between them. And I I can't do that. I can't do that. It's wet dough. And I just, it just makes an awful mess. I don't get them far enough apart. They're ugly when I finish them and I feel frustrated and thwarted. So I've bought this new thing. It's a scone and cornbread baking pan, and it's heavy cast aluminum, which is really cool. I don't, this is my first heavy cast aluminum thing. I have cast iron, but I've never had a cast aluminum, and I just didn't expect it to be quite so heavy when it arrived. It was a surprise to me. It's like cast iron, only more silver, I guess, and it supposedly is non-stick and it comes with the dividers already in it so that'll be a little tricky because the recipe actually asks for it to be like I said made into a disc and then divided and I'm gonna have to divide it beforehand and get it into these slots somehow so it could be just as bad this way but we're gonna find out before we start I'd like to invite you to visit my webpage, thecookalongpodcast.com where you will find the ingredient list if you want to look at it ahead of time. It also shows you the do-aheads ahead of time, although I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. 
And of course, a bunch of other recipes, how to make my scrambled eggs, because a number of people are really anxious about making scrambled eggs. And so I thought, well, all right, I'll podcast the way I do it. So you could have my scrambled eggs along with these, because you could listen to that podcast. While these are in the oven baking, visit the website, poke around, see what you find. There are a lot of great blogs there as well about cooking. They're all short and sweet. Also, I would love it if you would tell your friends about my podcast. Word of mouth is my best advertising, and I don't really do any other advertising. So please share your favorite recipes from the Cook Along podcast with your friends. Also, if you'd like to help contribute to the podcast, I have a Patreon page. Go to patreon.com and type in the Cook Along podcast, and my page will come up. And I also post the actual printed versions of the recipes there for the subscribers. So let's get to the essential part of this recipe. Here are the ingredients you're going to need. Two cups of regular flour, a half cup of granulated sugar, two and a half teaspoons of baking powder, a half teaspoon of cinnamon, a half teaspoon of salt, a half cup of unsalted butter, and here's your first do-ahead, so I'm interrupting the list, is you want to put that in your freezer. If you have unsalted butter in the house and it's in your refrigerator, stick it in your freezer. It'll be easier to use if it's frozen. You need a half cup of heavy cream. That's like heavy whipping cream. One egg, a teaspoon of vanilla extract, and about a cup to a cup and a quarter, let's call it a heaping cup, of blueberries, and they should be fresh or frozen. If yours are frozen, don't thaw them out. They will make a mess in your dough if they're thawed, so just leave them frozen. And then, because everything's better with a topping, well, that's not true, not everything. I have a carrot cake recipe on my podcast that I think is really good by itself although you can't go wrong with a cream cheese frosting on that. Anyway, back to this. So there's a glaze. So you want a cup of powdered sugar, what they call confectioner's sugar. You need a little more heavy cream or milk. doesn't matter if you're out of heavy cream by that point. That's fine. And a little more vanilla. And then, just because it makes everything sweet a little more fun, if you can find some, some coarse sugar, some sparkling sugar for the top, decorator sugar, whatever you'd like to call it. These are a little hard to find. And if you uh, check out my Facebook page, you may find a way for me to send you a jar. So keep your eye open there. And then let's talk about equipment. You want a large bowl. You'll want a large cookie sheet. You'll want a small bowl. You'll need some kind of very sharp knife that might somehow divide the dough in eight pieces. You'll need a box grater or some kind of food processor because we're going to shred that butter up. And uh, a whisk, probably, and a rubber spatula. That should do it, I hope. We'll learn more later <laughs> if I left something out. And your do-aheads are, as I said, to freeze the butter and to preheat your oven to 400 degrees. And before you do that, move your oven rack to the sort of middle to low position. So a little bit lower than the middle of the oven. 
Oh, one more a tool you might want. In fact, I know you want this because it'll make your life so much easier. In addition to your baking sheet, you also want either a silicone mat. I have mine as a, was made by a company called Silpat that you line your baking sheet with or some parchment paper. That will make it easier to cut some things up. Well, supposedly make it easier to cut that stuff up. But it certainly will make it easier to get off the cookie sheet later. Okay, so let's start. So the first thing you want to do is part of a do-ahead, actually, which is to put that baking paper, that parchment paper or silicone baking mat, on top of your baking sheet. Mine, you know, I have to learn how to use it because it's different. So it says that because it's a non-stick thing, apparently it's not non-stick without a little help. So I have to either grease and flour it or whatever every time or spray it with some of the baking spray that has flour in it. And so I have to do that. This is a step you don't need to do probably unless you have a thing like mine. And by the way, there will be pictures of this gadget with the dough in it. There we go, on the website, shortly. So that's kind of amazing stuff. I don't get to use it very often, that stuff that's both cooking spray and it's got flour in it, so you're doing everything all at one time. What a joy that is to not have to grease and flour every section of this. That would make me decide it was a really bad purchase if I'd had to do that. Although I did go out and buy this specifically for this pan. I went out and bought this called Baker's Joy. I went and bought that spray specifically because I had bought this pan. There's a trade-off, I guess, to everything. But I am looking forward to not having to divide the dough. I hope I haven't made you panic about that. But you may panic about it on your own in a bit. All right, so what we're going to do is measure the flour. That's the very first thing. And although I talk about this with almost everything we make, I'm going to emphasize it with this one. I'm not a big fan of most scones because I find them dry to the point of them seeming like a wannabe. They wanted to be coffee cake, but somebody didn't give them enough milk or oil to make that possible. I just am always disappointed in commercial scones. These, as you can probably guess, I wouldn't be making if they weren't quite different from that. But one of the things that will help make them not dry is that you spoon the flour. I know you've heard this a thousand times from me. You spoon the flour into a cup. First, you stir up the flour in your container, whether it's a bag or a uh, canister or whatever. Stir it up. That's called aerating the flour. Then use a spoon. Don't scoop it with the cup. Spoon it into the cup. Level it off at the top. Dump the cup into the mixing bowl and then do that again because we need two cups. By limiting the flour, we're changing the ratio of liquid to dry ingredients. And that will help keep it from being those deadly dry things. I, I know a lot of people like scones. I don't know why. I don't. I don't get it. You buy a scone in a coffee shop, it's, uh, I guess, because you have the coffee there and you're supposed to dunk it. I don't want to dunk my scone in order to make it edible. Thank you very much. I want it like a sweet roll or a coffee cake or something. I want it perfect and beautiful and moist on its own. So those are the only ones I make. You won't find a lot of scone recipes on my website, but there are two other ones. You choose the fruit scone, which uses dried fruits, which is also a nice moist scone recipe and a savory scone recipe, which I thought was so unique, I just wanted to try it. 
and it's got roasted red pepper and feta cheese in it. That's pretty fun. All right, so we put the flour in here. Now we're going to measure the sugar in. One a half cup of sugar. And this we can just scoop. You know, obviously you're not going to have to spoon this into, a, into the measuring cup. Uh, yeah, yeah. Two and a half teaspoons of baking powder. So a half teaspoon, five times. And then a half teaspoon of cinnamon. That's not a lot, but it's enough. And I'm using a good cinnamon, although you don't have to. I suppose since it's not a dominant flavor, you could use cheap cinnamon. If you have both in the house, you wouldn't have to use your expensive stuff. I'm using Penzi's Cinnamon Blend, which is a blend of five different kinds of cinnamon. And uh, in fact, I may be giving some of that away soon as well, too. Again, check my Facebook page for an opportunity for that. And let's see, did I do the salt? I didn't do the salt yet. Half teaspoon of salt. All right, and then we're going to whisk this together. And if you don't have a whisk, you know what? It's not a big deal. Just stir it up until everything's really well mixed in. A whisk just makes it happen faster. Now here's where that frozen butter comes in, along with the box grater. You want to unwrap the frozen butter and maybe keep just the tail of the paper around it so your fingers aren't going to warm the butter up too much to use it like a handle. And then we're going to grate the butter. And you can use the larger holes for this because we're going to work it into the dough by hand anyway. But having it grated up like this, well, first of all, having it frozen makes it easier to grate. You probably figured that out. The second thing is that having it grated up like this makes it easier to incorporate into the dough. What we want is for these to hold their frozenness, their shape, in the dough after we've mixed it in. Because what that helps do is make these little pockets in the dough of buttery yumminess. Which also helps contribute to it not being too dry. So you're just using the larger holes of your box grater and grinding this butter. Yes, this is a cutting hazard, so be careful. And like I said, if you can keep that paper around the bottom so that you're not melting the bottom half with your, the palm of your hand, that's good. And I'm just doing this over my kitchen cutting board, which is a wooden pull-out thing. I have a really old kitchen. Although, you know what? Even when we get it upgraded, I think I would like to keep the pull-out cutting boards. They're really handy. They just sort of increase your counter space. And then go away so you can walk around. I have a small kitchen. It's small. So being able to increase my counter space and then make that extra space go away is very handy. All right, now I'm getting to where I might be grating the paper. Pull that back and keep going. We want to grate this whole half. That's kind of an oxymoron. We want to do this fairly quickly because, like I said, we want the butter to stay kind of solid. This is hard work. Ay-yi-yi. My shoulders are starting to kill me here. This is crazy. Maybe I used my food processor the last time. Like I said, I haven't made it in a while because I got so annoyed. But I'll bet I did. You could do this in a food processor. I should have told you earlier, if you want to do this in a food processor, it's probably faster. It's certainly not as messy. I worry that the speed of the food processor will warm up the butter. 
and that then it's hard to get out of the bowl of the food processor, but it could be the smarter way to go. All right, this is almost done. I'm down to the part where if I'm really not careful, I'm gonna scrape my knuckles. <laughs> Ouch, or the base of my thumb. Oh, you know what, I'm done. I'm gonna cut the rest of this up with a knife. This is silly, so I'll just cut this up tiny bits and throw it in. Okay, they're not as small, but that's okay. It'll be all right. Now, here's a trick I just learned. I just did this the other day by accident. It suddenly dawned on me that here I have all of this stuff inside the box grater, and that if I use my bench scraper and just slide it underneath the box grater before I lift the box grater up and then lift the whole thing over the bowl of flour, and have all this butter fall right into the flour mixture. Okay, it works better with cheese. The butter's a little st softer and stickier, but it works great with cheese. It all just falls right in. All you need is your box grater and a bench scraper. All right, a bunch of this butter sort of stuck to the inside of the box grater, and yet, I don't wanna take too much time getting it out of there because it's important that it stay cold. Now what we're gonna do is mix this in with our fingers. So here's where you get messy. You're just gonna munge it up together with your hands, just lightly at first. And then as, it, as the butter starts to get worked in so that it's not so sticky, your goal is to kind of make it smaller. Squeeze things with your fingers, make things smaller until what you have is sort of large cornmeal. Mm, probably bigger than that but smaller than peas. You want all of this to go together. You're mixing this together and the butter isn't gonna completely incorporate and this is good for the reason I told you earlier. It's gonna maintain its structure within this dough and that's okay. You just wanna kinda squish it between your hands. You could use a pastry cutter if you want. You could use two knives, pull them in opposite directions up against each other. That's called cutting the butter in. I think it's more effective, certainly more efficient to just use your hands because then you can find the big pieces with your fingers. Plus, we've already made them pretty small you know, because we grated it first. Now, it's not like it's going to mix up or turn into anything, but you want to just keep squeezing it between your fingers, rubbing it together until you can tell that it's starting to combine and you don't have just flour here anymore. You can tell it's coarser. I don't have a good analogy for you about how coarse it should be, but some kind of coarse meal. I don't know, I don't know what to say. Just keep going. Just keep squishing it until the bits of butter are tiny and all completely coated with flour. And what you have is a mixture, a bumpy mixture. See, I put those few bigger pieces in because I cut them with a knife. I keep running into them, and they are way too big, way too big. So I'm breaking those up with my fingers as I go. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this, but you want to incorporate it pretty nicely so there isn't any unbuttered flour in here. Now we can set that aside for a minute. Don't put it on top of the stove where it's going to get too warm, though, which is what I just about did. All right, now we're going to... Crack the egg into a smaller bowl. You need a smaller separate bowl. And then we're gonna add to that a half cup of your heavy cream. And you're gonna need a rubber spatula 
for this in a minute. So you can just use a rubber spatula to get the cream out of your measuring cup because it's thick enough to coat instead of coming out. And your teaspoon of vanilla extract. I'm going to use the same half teaspoon measure that I used before and just use it twice because why dirty another measuring spoon? Unconventional perhaps, but that's me. Right, now get your whisk and whisk those together. And yes, it is the same whisk I used for the dry ingredients a minute ago. Because why not? Now, what we do is drizzle that over the flour mixture. Just pour it over the top, but not all in one spot. And then use your rubber spatula again to scrape all of that good liquid out of that bowl and into the one with the flour. And then continuing to use your rubber spatula, just gently toss that mixture together. By the way, today's recipe, I want to credit to Sally's baking addiction. She adapted it from a couple of other things, and I got it several years ago, like I said, but I am so grateful to her for this lovely, moist scone recipe. You just want to kind of mix it gently. You don't want to overmix it or it'll become tough and dry, but until everything looks like it's got some moisture on it, leave it a little bit dry. And now we're gonna add the blueberries. Mine are frozen. We picked them last summer. They are a very special breed called Ozarks. They are huge, and they are the most blue-tasting blueberry I've ever had. We picked them and put them in the freezer. We spread them out on big baking trays and then freeze them to use year-round. And partly because they're so big, I'm going to use a little extra, but you know, a little extra blueberry is never a bad thing. And just put those frozen berries, or fresh berries, if you're using them, in with the dough. Put the rest of your frozen berries back in the freezer so they don't thaw out. And now, very gently, continue to stir that dough to get those berries mixed in. You know what, I'm gonna stop using the spatula at this point because it's gonna be more effective with my hands and we're gonna need to form it into a ball, or you guys are. So dust your hands with a little flour. It's not my favorite thing, but it's gonna make it easier. And then just work that dough together, just gently, because it's about to get tricky. You wanna work it into a ball, mixing in the berries again. <laughs> this is so this is so contrary. I realize that I'm giving you contrary instructions. But you don't want to overwork the dough, nor do we want to warm it up very much because we want that butter to stay in little pockets. But you need to mix in the blueberries and make it into a ball that will at least partly hold together. <laughs> Scones are always like this, so just get used to it. It's, uh, it's just the way of scones. It's sticking to my fingers without sticking to itself. And still got quite a lot of flowery bits, dry parts that I'm trying to work in just gently. And those don't even want to mix in. Okay, so now it's all stuck to my fingers. It's never going to really come together into a ball, okay? Don't wait for it to do that, because then you'd be overworking the dough, and, and honestly, I don't think it will ever happen. 
when you get it sort of kind of ball-like, take that whole bowl and turn it over onto your baking sheet with the parchment paper on it. <laughs> and here's where it actually might be advantageous to do it that way. Because I have to try to divide this up and put it in these little... <laughs> it's totally sticking to all my fingers. Ah, I, can't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Dag nabbit. Ah, okay. So anyway, you're going to turn yours over onto the parchment paper. Oh my gosh, how am I going to get this off my hands and into this pan? <laughs> all right, I'm working on it. I'm going to tell you what to do and then I'm going to go away and mess with my fingers. Uh... <laughs> So turn it over uh, onto your, oh, there's my oven reaching the right temperature. And once it's turned over and you have this pile of, you know, shaggy stuff on your baking sheet, sort of form it into a disc as best you can. It should be about eight inches across. And once you've done that, and I've done my thing here, come on back to me and I'll tell you how to do the next part because it's not easy. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. much for my new toy making this easier. Uh, it was not. I had to end up using a spoon to scrape the dough off my fingers. I will take a picture of this so you can see the pan. But I don't know that it was any easier in the long run. Now let me tell you what you need to do. You've got this disc in front of you. You're going to take your sharp knife and you're going to cut it down the middle, in half, and then you're going to cut it perpendicular to that so that you have four pieces, and then you cut it in between each of those so you have eight pieces. And now, this is the ridiculous part. I honestly don't know how you're supposed to do this. And I can't say I'm sorry that I don't have to do this with you right now, but what you're going to do is then use probably the back of that sharp knife so you don't rip your parchment paper and try to push the dough apart. At each of those divisions, you kind of want to move each of those pieces out so the circle gets a little bigger, and there's at least a half an inch of space between each piece. You're probably going to need to turn this off and go do that. It's tricky, and I'm going to let you go do that. Before I do that, I'm going to leave one more thing with you, which is the coarse sugar. Once you get it into that eight equal wedges, or equal-ish wedges, then now is the time to use your sparkle sugar and just sprinkle the top lightly or however you feel moved with your sparkle sugar. This will make them pretty even before the glaze. And people who don't want glaze, you could even just serve them like this. I love the sparkle sugar stuff. It's so pretty on there. And then once you've done that, you've managed to get all those pieces apart, you've sprinkled them with sugar, then it goes in the oven for about 20 to 25 minutes, and they're going to be just lightly golden and cooked all the way through. They're not doughy anymore, but you'll be able to tell from the outside because they'll look done. They'll look like a scone should look, which is lightly browned and raised a little bit, and they'll look beautiful. When that comes out of your oven, it needs to sit and cool for a few minutes, and while it's cooling, you can turn this back on, and I'll tell you how to make the glaze. I just checked my scones at 20 minutes, and it's very clear that they're not done yet. It's very easy to see. They're still wet. The blueberries are bubbling nicely, and they're starting to brown, but they're definitely still gooey. So add your extra time as needed. Try another five minutes if yours is looking the same way, and come back again. It could be a difference in my pan, you know, but we're going to make a glaze shortly. So now we've reached the 25 minute stage and I am going to take this out and I'll take a picture for you. Yeah. Now it's going to have to sit and cool for just a few minutes. And while it does that, we're going to make the glaze. We need a, a small bowl again. Doesn't need to be very big. 
So get your one cup measuring cup, scoop it full or spoon it full of powdered sugar. I'm using a spoon. I just uh, think it's too hard to scoop powdered sugar anyway because it gets a little sticky, a little stiff. And then pour that into your small bowl. Get your vanilla back out and put a quarter of a teaspoon of vanilla into that powdered sugar. And then get your heavy cream back out if you still have any. Or use regular milk. You can use skim milk. It doesn't make a darn bit of difference at this point. Any kind of milk. You could even use oat milk or something, I suppose, if you want to. And put three tablespoons of that in with the powdered sugar. This is going to make this glaze pretty thin, which is okay because we want it to kind of spread and dribble. And drizzle? Drizzle. Dribble. Both. And then just stir that up or whisk it together if you want to use your whisk. You know what? I'm going to use a, a small, tiny whisk I've got because it'll be easier. All right, you just whisk it together until you get a glaze. Meanwhile, your scones are sitting over there cooling just a little bit. Because if you pour this on right away, it just is all going to go away. It's going to be so hot that it's going to melt it and it's all going to go away. So just let those sit and cool for just a moment while you get the lumps of sugar out of your glaze. I just want to point out at this moment how quickly these came together. They baked for less than half an hour. In terms of putting them together, we probably put them together in also less than half an hour, probably 20 minutes maybe. And most of that time was taken up in grating the butter. So if we'd used a food processor, that would have happened faster. But it means that because it comes together so quickly, you can totally do this for breakfast on a Sunday morning or a special treat for a guest coming for coffee or I suppose if you're in England or some other country that does tea they come together quickly. Gosh they're pretty. They really are. Hope they're actually done. I'm sure they are. I'm sort of sure they are. You know it's hard to tell because when you push them they give. You touch them they, they give a little bit. And normally that would mean they weren't done, but I think it's because the blueberries in there are so juicy. They're so juicy that they give a little bit. Well, I think I can safely leave you here now, actually. What you're going to do with the glaze, obviously, is drizzle it over the top of your scones. Give them a little time to cool, but these are good served warm. That's probably the best time to eat them. Just not so warm that the glaze all completely runs off. They will keep well at room temperature for a couple of days, but they're best right now. And you can freeze them. You can freeze them for up to three months and they'll be just fine as long as you seal them as tightly as you can inside your plastic bag or whatever. And then thaw them overnight in the refrigerator and then warm them again before you eat them. That is my favorite blueberry scones recipe. If you have a comment about them or you have one that you think I should try, leave me a comment on my Facebook page. Go to facebook.com, type in the Cook Along podcast. My page will come up and you can leave a comment for me or a suggestion for me or send me a link to a recipe. I would love to hear from you. I also send things out via Twitter and Instagram so you can find me on both of those as well. Have a lovely scone morning and until next time, happy cooking!
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every cook-along podcast page or go to Ko-fi ko-fi.com slash the cook along podcast. Thanks for your support. And thanks for listening.